The real tech experts of RUSD podcast will provide integration ideas, help you get in touch with other tech experts, and discuss ways to make your instructional tech more manageable. Featuring Julia Ebge. One school just wasn't enough for me. Now I'm integrating tech at five schools. And Randy Venny. I don't need to troubleshoot tech problems. My computer works for me. The real tech experts of RUSD is a great way to get ideas in the go. You can listen in the car, during your workout, or over lunch. Since it's recorded, you can always pause and come back at your leisure. And now, recorded from a closet somewhere in RUSD, the real tech experts. Hello, and welcome to our premiere episode of the real tech experts of RUSD. My name is Julia. And I'm Randy. And we are so excited to be here with you today. This podcast came about being just through a discussion of our own where we decided we need to find another way to get more information out to you guys, the people who work hard in RUSD every day. Yes, and even though we are tech experts, we still are consumers of tech and knowledge. And so that's kind of where our first topic came to be. How do we ourselves um, get this new information and pass it along to you as teachers? And we thought the podcast was a great place to start. True. One of the things you're doing right now is listening to us talk about technology. There are lots of podcasts out there and other forms of media that can just help you learn things. You don't necessarily have to look far to seek out what it is that you want to learn. For example, uh, one of the podcasts that I enjoy listening to, not podcasts, I'm sorry, it's a blog, is uh, Shake Up Learning by Casey Bell. Uh, she has a lot of great ideas out there for most things Google. Google is kind of where she focuses a lot of her attention. Uh, Do you visit her site at all, Julia? I do. Uh, She has a couple different formats of sharing information with people. She has her own podcast. I believe it's called the Google Teacher Tribe. That's one that I listen to. Um, I follow her on social media, Facebook, read her blog. So yeah, she has a lot of great ideas. Yeah, I get her emails too, just in my inbox. And one of the things I think you have to acknowledge when you're trying to do this is there's a lot of information out there. You cannot possibly consume it all. Uh, I know I don't. There are some times where I just give an, e- give an email a quick glance and then might hit delete. Uh, you, you just have to be discerning about what you take the time to do and what you don't. And if it starts to feel overwhelming, push back and take a break. Yeah, especially if you're listening right now and you're thinking, wow, I'm not um, consuming anything outside of work. Start small. You know, choose one area that you feel that you want to focus on. Like, I'm going to choose a newsletter to subscribe to and and just start with that and expand as needed. Yeah, to make sure you set aside some time to do this, but also you want to do it well. If you try to consume way too much at one time, you are going to get overwhelmed. Even Julia and I do sometimes. You have to make sure you're working smarter when you're trying to integrate tech into your tech uh, instruction. So are there any other podcasts that you listen to, Randy, specific to technology and education? Uh, I don't know if I listen as much. I think I'm more of a reader when it comes to that. I think uh, my podcasting choices are more personal and fun. Um, one of the, Another one that I like is uh, Control-Alt-Achieve. They seem to have a lot of good ideas. And he also provides um, some good templates that you can download so that you don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel. You know, it's one thing to know Google Slides. It's another to have something that somebody already made for you and you can just edit and change on your own. Yeah, I've used a lot of his templates in the past. I like on his uh, website that he has the template as a free download. He'll have a little bit of background knowledge on it in written text. And then he usually has a video demonstrating how to use that template. So you can kind of go from there and see if that would be a usable feature for your classroom. 
Very true. Another big name uh, in the technology and education world is Alice Keeler. Uh, she is known for being a big tweeter. In fact, some of her tweets can sometimes be a little bit, uh, we'll say, outlandish, not necessarily in a bad way, but she, she doesn't have any problems speaking her mind. Uh, and that makes me think of Twitter. I use Twitter primarily as a consumer for things like getting ideas and technology. I don't tweet much at all, uh, but I do like to read what other people do, and most of them lead to links which give other ideas and things of that nature. That's another way to find blogs uh, or other newsletters you might be interested in is to get yourself onto Twitter and just start reading. You don't have to be a participant. Yeah, that's a really good point about being a consumer. I personally don't use Twitter that often. Um, I just feel like it is kind of like that black hole that you talked about. It sends you to different links and I would get lost if I spent all my time on Twitter. So like we said, I pick a few things that I focus on. Twitter just doesn't happen to be one of them. Uh, One blog, though, that I do really enjoy following is, along with Alice Keeler, she's worked with Christine Pinto. Um, She's one that I like to follow just because she works a little bit more focused on the younger students. So she calls it um, Google for Littles. So she has students all the way from 4K um, and up to lower elementary working in some Google apps, and she has three templates as well. So... Christine Pinto is a good one. That was one of the sites when I was introduced to it about last spring that really helped me out a lot. Uh, as a former teacher, you know, I usually taught the older grades. I find myself connecting more to the older kids, and teaching the littles was a bit more challenging, and it was good to have some templates already out there, something that already existed, mm-hmm. because you don't want to dive in with something new and in an area you're uncomfortable without a little bit of help. You know, Bring that life preserver with you. Yeah, so if you are um, a teacher who works with lower elementary students and you just are having a really hard time figuring out what your students are capable of or where to even start, I would really suggest um, looking at Christine Pinto's resources. And what's nice about all these avenues, be it the blog or Twitter or newsletters, is once you get find one that you're happy with or a couple that you're happy with and you sign up for them, the information comes to you. The seeking only happens really early on. You get them in your inbox or in your Twitter feed, or uh, maybe you have some sort of system where you can get updates on your phone that, you know, hey, someone posted a new post in their blog. The seeking out part is, is only initial. It's not something that you have to worry about day in and day out. Yeah, so one tip that goes along with um, those new list- newsletters that you subscribe to is, like we said, we might subscribe to a lot of them, but we're not going to necessarily read them all at once. Um, a little trick that I like to do is I filter those newsletters um, to a place in my email inbox so that I don't have to go seek them out. They're coming right to me, but they're not in my face. When I'm ready to seek that information out, they're right there in my inbox and I can click around to find the information that I need. Another area where you can try to find some help or get some technology integration may be existing right in your building, uh, and that is colleagues. And I'm not referring specifically to Julia and myself or the other technology integrators that are in the district. We are a resource, of course. But uh, there may be someone on your grade level team, in your department, or maybe a teacher that you just don't get to see very much because they work in a different part of the school who could be a phenomenal resource for you. Don't be afraid to ask. If someone has time to help, usually they're very willing to do so. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, Also, learn from your students. If you're working with those older grade students, 
they're consumed in tech. You know, that's where their life revolves around, and they'd be happy to to show you something that they feel comfortable with. But also in the younger grades, you can definitely ask um, younger elementary students for help doing something, or maybe just for feedback. You know, you're scared to try that first lesson integrating technology, but have a few kids in a small group do it, and then afterwards talk to them. How did that go? What worked? Where did you struggle? And it's especially helpful when you get the older grades. You can have some technology experts right there among your kids. Uh, one of the terms you're going to hear during this podcast, maybe not this episode, but throughout the run of it, is uh, the term digital native. And that is referring to the kids who've grown up around technology. It's always been part of their life, whereas me as an older person had to learn it as I go. Don't be afraid to uh, use up those resources of the kids who are really, truly experts in some of those areas. You can even have fun with it. Um, I know when I go in and do lessons in different classrooms, I have an actual little lanyard badge that says a tech expert, and I give that to a student who's either finished early or they felt really comfortable with the skill that we're working on. That way I have another body working around the room with me trying to uh, support the students in the classroom. It gives them something to do and gives them um, extra help in the classroom so we can get it done quickly. The moral of the story is, I guess, don't work in isolation. Don't feel like you're on an island when it comes to technology. You know, if you aren't comfortable with it, you need to make yourself comfortable because it is the part of the growing trend and best practices. But seek out some help. Talk to your tech integrator. Talk to your teachers. Talk to some of the kids. You may even have a parent in your class that's a good resource for you. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, So we've come to the end of our first section of our very first podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it so far. We'll take a little break and be right back with segment two. Coming up at the end of the episode, RUSD Trivia. Test your knowledge and you could win a prize from our low-budget prize bin. Welcome back. Normally during this segment, we would have a guest to talk about the whatever the topic is that week. But since this is our premiere episode, we're going to make it all about us. Another aspect of our guest segment will be a question that we'll ask all of our guests. So I'll start by asking Randy our question, which is, how many unread messages are in your inbox right now? I can honestly tell you I have zero. I am pretty good on checking up on my emails on a regular basis. That's impressive. Thank you. How about you? Um, Probably just as many that came in during this podcast recording. I, too, keep up with mine, but I'm sure a few trickled in. How about we get to that interview? Uh, So let me tell you a little bit about myself. My name is Randy Venny. I've been uh, with the district for quite a while. I used to be a classroom teacher in third and fifth grade, and I also spent a little bit of time as a library media specialist before becoming a technology integrator. And my name is Julia FG. Uh, My first job in the district, I did a K-1 split, and then soon after that, I taught second grade, most recently at Jefferson Lighthouse which is actually where Randy and I started working together. He was the library media specialist at the time. And uh, Julia approached me one day to help her second graders uh, work on a project where they wanted to do a a book talk, a video book talk. So we got uh, set up a big green screen in the library and uh, recorded just using our laptops um, in front of the green screen. Julia and I did a test one so we could show the kids exactly what we were talking about. And uh, do you recall which book it was that we read? Oh, I believe it was one of the variations of The Three Little Pigs. I believe it was The True Story of the Three Little Pigs, which is one of my favorite uh, stories. I find that one to be funny. Um, And we just kind of wrote up a little 
quick and dirty script and record it in front of everybody or in front of the green screen, edited out the green and had in the the uh, book cover behind us and then showed the kids and showed them what to do and it went off from there. I think it went pretty well. Yeah, I remember we had to um, show the students what a reading rainbow video was. They weren't familiar with that. And so we kind of mimicked how the students in the reading rainbow videos talk about a book that they're reading. Uh, Randy even got that little reading rainbow noise in there and the kids got a real kick out of that. When we sat down, we ate some popcorn and watched their fairy tale video book talks. They really enjoyed that. And just to have a little fun with that too, uh, if you recall, we also had that clip where LeVar was sitting in the background with us and we pretended that we were actually having a conversation with him. We included him in our dialogue and it's just a fun little thing for us to do, I think. It really didn't add to the project as much as it was just goofing around, but that's what you got to do sometimes when you're a teacher. Keep your sanity. Yeah, that was fun. So, um, like I said, normally during this time we would have a guest and we'd interview. This time we're just going to talk a little bit more in depth about our topic, uh, which is keeping yourself current. And uh, in this case, we're going to talk about taking things to the next level in terms of technology integration. So one of the first things that Randy and I began working on in our tech integrator position was going for our Google certification. So that is something that is open to all teachers and users. Um, It might be something that you're interested in. So we'll speak a little bit about that. Yeah, Google offers um, courses that are essentially free. You have to pay if you want to actually get certified, which we did. Uh, At two levels, as far as Google certified educators, there's a level one and a level two, which focus on their apps uh, like Google Sheets and Google Docs, specifically within their G Suite for education. You can take the coursework for free and go through that and see what it's like for you. And then if you want to pay to take the exam, you can do so as well. Yeah, that's a good point. You could just seek out the information in those courses without actually going for the certification certificate. And some of the experts we referred to before, like Casey Bell, offer uh, other courses uh, that lead up to Google certification, kind of a preparatory course, if you will. Um, Beyond levels one and two, there is also Google uh, certified trainer, which uh, I recently uh, renewed. So you can become a Google certified trainer, which is a badge that you can add your emails into your websites and lets people know that you are have gone far enough down the road to be considered someone Google would let train others, other teachers, students, etc. You do have to lead a specific amount of professional development sessions, correct? Right. You do have to do 12 a year, which you report in there. You also have to create some sort of resource, which you're willing to share. And uh, like the level one and two exams, you do need to take an exam also. And then uh, beyond that is a Google certified innovator, which I have not attempted as of yet and may at some point down the road. And that is somebody who is just way above and beyond and kind of really lives through Google. Um, I know a few Google certified innovators and they they really know their stuff. It is a, a very high level of Google knowledge there, I will say. So far, we've mentioned Google quite a bit. Uh, We are a Google school district, but there are other tech tools and companies out there besides Google that have a lot of great uh, resources and ways that you can take your tech knowledge to the next level. Yeah, each of those companies usually offer resources that are predominantly free just because they want you using their materials. They want their name out there in the schools. They'll have like an online uh, community where users can bounce questions off of each other and receive answers. You aren't necessarily getting 
uh, expert answers from the source, but you are getting answers from people who are presumably using these down in the trenches in their classrooms. Yeah, and a lot of these websites also have a lot of great support that is specific to the company. Um, Chats are one way that you can get some support. Um, There might even be a contact email for someone in your area that you could contact personally to get that type of one-on-one support. Very true. And also, uh, a lot of these places will offer webinars. That's kind of like a seminar that you attend online. Uh, Some of the pros and cons to webinars is you can get a lot of great information from people within the tools company itself, uh, some experts. The downside is that you may have to be online at a specific time. A lot of companies do these things live. They may offer them uh, replays later on, but that when you're at a webinar, you can actually type in questions, maybe not verbally, but you can set it up as a chat session and actually get answers from experts themselves. I've actually uh, participated in a few webinars and I tend to choose some that are offered during the summer. You know, when I'm in the classroom, I just have too much going on with my day-to-day responsibilities, but putting some time away in the summer to attend a webinar or like Randy said, go back and access those videos later on, that's a great way to take your knowledge to the next level. Now, like we said before, you don't necessarily want to seek out a whole boatload of information at one time. Find a tool that maybe you've heard of or that you've heard your colleagues work with and uh, sounds interesting to you and focus on that one. Maybe make yourself a little bit of an expert in one area. You don't need to integrate all this tech all at one time. You're not going to become a web guru or a Google guru all overnight. You need to you know, use this incrementally and be smarter about it. Uh, some of these companies also offer professional development for teachers where you can actually travel, sometimes free of cost, uh, to attend one of their seminars. Uh, recently, your tech integrators uh, attended a PD by Code.org up in Greed Bay. Uh, Julia, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so that was actually something that we found just online on their website, Code.org. They have, uh, like we said, different Um, hosts or people who are knowledge experts in different areas of the state. Just so happened this one was in Green Bay that someone was offering. So because it was free of charge to attend, we just kind of carpooled up there to Green Bay and had a nice day-long PD session learning about coding. And I think what, uh, what really stuck out for me, at least for this specific example, was yes, they were promoting their website and all the um, tools that you can do on the actual website code.org. But they were also talking about some, they called them unplugged activities, and they actually gave us hands-on materials there. Yeah, it it was a worthwhile experience and worth uh, the trip up to Green Bay for. We got some cool resources, some tools to use, and we got to bounce ideas off of teachers from other districts at the same time. It It was very worthwhile. Uh, A few years ago, uh, I went to another similar PD experience put on by Discovery Channel. Uh, We all have Discovery Education as part of our uh, list of resources on uh, ClassLink. And they actually have what's called the Discovery Educators Network, or they refer to it as DEN. And every once in a while, they will put on a day of discovery. And I happened to go to one down at uh, the Shedd Aquarium in Chicago. And it had just uh, little mini sessions put on all throughout the day. We got free admission to the aquarium. But then the mini sessions were offered by DEN educators, other teachers like myself. They weren't uh, employees of the Discovery Channel, but teachers in the classroom or maybe technology integrators or people like that and showing off very cool tools. And 
from that day, I learned about the tool called Blabberize, which is a web 2.0 tool where you can make still pictures talk. I'm sure there are a myriad of other apps that do that now. Um, but that was when I took back and started using my classroom right, right away. I just wanted to get myself involved so that I could make myself familiar with the app and the kids loved it. I mean, that's part of the reason you integrate tech is not just to improve your education, but to uh, keep the kids motivated, to get them interested. Yeah, I agree. When you attend those um, PD sessions in person, it it seems to get, at least in me, a spark of excitement and what tool I'm going to bring back to use in my position or in my classroom. So that's one reason to seek out some of those in-person things. Randy mentioned a little bit about um, the collaboration and the networking that happens in those. Um, But those are all great benefits of taking your knowledge to the next level. Going along those lines, a conference would be another way that you could um, seek out some information as far as technology usage. So Randy and I have attended a few conferences in this position um, as a tech integrator. So right now we're just going to talk a little bit about our experience. Um, One of the first conferences that I attended was a Google Summit. So obviously this was presented by Google and they were focusing a lot on their um, Google tools, but there were also other companies represented at the summit. The Google Summit is typically offered two times a year, one time in the fall and once in the spring. My fellow lady tech integrators and I, Natalia and Catherine, went to a fall Google Summit in the Dells. We each were able to choose breakout sessions based on our interest in some Google tools. Because the sessions were run by either Google trainers or Google innovators, it kind of inspired me to take my Google certification to the next level and aspire to run my own PD sessions like I was part of. Yeah, that was a great example. Uh, Something that I got to do along with uh, my fellow tech integrators, Todd and Joe, was go to the Weemta conference last spring in the Dells, which I think is where all conferences are held. I believe that's uh, what the translation is to is where the conferences are. And it's, uh, Weemta is the Wisconsin Educational Media and Technology Association. It is predominantly for library media specialists, but that doesn't mean that anybody can't go to that. I mean, Weemta is technology. And so we got to go there and we got to attend some mini sessions, learn some more things about Google. Uh, Again, like my day of discovery story, a lot of the sessions were held by people uh, who are just teachers like you and I, but there also were some people there from uh, Apple. There was somebody there from Google to talk about some of their great uh, hardware and software applications. Uh, One of the perks, though, was that uh, Todd and I both taught a session on Google Earth. And as such, we got a discount on our admission to the conference itself. But we also got to network with other teachers and show off something that we know. I mean, like we said earlier in segment one, you can learn a lot from your colleagues. So there is one pretty popular conference that Randy and I have not attended. Um, It's called the ISTE conference. ISTE stands for International Society for Technology and Education. Um, That's definitely one that we both would hope to attend at some point. Yeah, I think this is the uh, the mother of all technology conferences. Uh, I'm kind of kicking myself for not going when it was in Chicago this past summer, but I know they cycle around and it'll be in Chicago again at some point. But this is where all the heavy hitters are. Uh, the people we mentioned earlier, like Casey Bell and Alice Keeler, will actually be there to do presentations, uh, perhaps even record a live episode of a podcast. There's also uh, some of the big tech companies will be there, uh, Google, Apple, Uh, Some of the tools like Flipgrid will be there and discuss uh, 
better ways to use it. I mean, I'm sure this is attended by thousands of people from all over the country every year because I read all about it on the tweets and Facebook posts this summer. Yeah, so I guess that will have to be a a futuristic goal of ours. Definitely. Uh, I would say one other area where you can take your skills to the next level is uh, going to higher education, uh, taking some online courses, maybe through the UW system. I myself have taken a few classes in the area of online instruction uh, through UW Stout, uh, which is nowhere near where we live right now, but I was able to take those classes online. That's a place where you can get information you know, from professors and again, network off of other students who are doing things like you are. Uh, perhaps even you know, like grad level classes or things to help you along with your uh, EE. So, you know, Randy, this whole conversation that we've been having really just helps me um, reaffirm the fact that teachers are lifelong learners. Definitely. I mean, the reason we're doing this podcast is to help bring ideas to you. We're having a conversation here. We're not doing an instructional uh, medium. We're doing a conversation just to share ideas out there and to get your mind's thinking about integrating technology. Technology is not something you have to do in addition to your teaching. It's something you have to do to teach nowadays. Um, That brings us to the end of the second segment where we would normally have a guest, as I mentioned before. We got one more segment coming up after this brief message from our sponsors. You are listening to the real experts of RUSD. Is your computer bag getting a little musty? Is there a funk emanating from your keyboard? Maybe it's time for Tech Refresh. Just sprinkle a smattering of the patented Tech Refresh odor-fighting crystals where needed and notice how quickly your technology smells like new. Now available in tie-dye terabyte or open windows breeze. Beat back backpack bilge with Tech Refresh. At this point in the podcast, we are going to ask a trivia question. This is a fun way to keep our listeners engaged and hopefully spread some knowledge. So here's how it works. After we ask the trivia question, respond by sending an email to techsperts at rusd.org. In the subject line, add the word trivia. In the body of the email, of course, answer the trivia question and include your first and last name as well as the school you work at. We will choose five winners for the trivia question and bring you something fun as a prize from our low-budget prize bin. Please respond to this trivia question by February 8th. And the question for this week is, what was the first year that all teachers were given a laptop at RUSD? In this premiere episode of The Real Experts of RUSD, we discuss ways to keep your technology skills current. This podcast, social media, blogs, conferences, and your building's own tech integrator are all great resources. Feel free to reach out to us with topic suggestions, questions, and comments by emailing techsperts at rusd.org. That's T-E-C-H-S-P-E-R-T-S at rusd.org. And follow us on Twitter at Real Techsperts. Thanks for listening and stay techy, RUSD. This episode of Real Techsperts of RUSD was produced using Adobe Audition. Musical pieces were excerpts from Where Is My Jetpack and May the Chords Be With You both by Computer Music All-Stars, courtesy of Free Music Archive, distributed on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify via Anchor. Copyright, Racine Unified School District.